Hi, my name's Emily Rose Adams. Welcome to Presentally Presents. I started off as like a TV and events presenter. And then when COVID hit, um, I was doing radio presenting and we suddenly, you know, got the news that we can't go into the studios anymore. We've got to socially distance. My partner's a builder and he said, Hey, Laura, I watched something on YouTube. Shall I try and build you a sound booth in the corner of the bedroom? And I was like, well, yeah, because we need to make money somehow. You know, I don't know how to do my job socially distanced. It wasn't really possible. So he built me a booth and I learned to do kind of all the technical stuff, a little bit of editing and producing. And I started sending my um, tracks in to basically just do radio presenting. And then I started, you know, getting recommendations, basically. People were saying, well, actually, we quite like you to try doing an advert. And I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's give this a go. So I started getting these bigger clients uh, until I managed to get Real Madrid uh, Football Club interested. So. Welcome to another episode of Presentally Presents. I'm Emily and on today's episode, we're speaking to a presenter and voiceover artist with over 20 years of experience in the industry. You've undoubtedly heard her voice on some major adverts for Kiss FM, Capital FM, and also brands like Asda, Tesco, and Matalan. But that's not all. She's a dynamic live host for big events and festivals, And she's also in the realm of social media now, taking charge of some TikTok live streams for beauty brands. Really excited to have today's guest on. It's Laura Alexandra. Hello, what an intro. Thank you so much. Did you like that? A little summary of your career? I loved it. It kind of almost felt like it was someone else, but it was absolutely epic. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, 20 years in the industry. That was me stalking your website and looking back to your first ever credits. Very impressive. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe it's been 20 years. That's absolutely insane. That's made me feel really old, but yeah, it has been. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. So how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Very busy on the build up to Christmas. We've got Christmas light switch ons going all over the place. We've got radio adverts, Christmas adverts, in-store commercials for voiceovers are going absolutely crazy and um, e-learning on the other side of the world as well. Wow. You are a very busy woman. That's crazy. So you're doing a lot of um, voiceover work. I was just explaining to you before we clicked record that I wanted to speak to you because I was scrolling through our Twitter and your Twitter bio has the name of some of the huge clients that you've worked with, like Kiss FM, Capital, Asda, Matalan. This is really cool. How did you get into voiceover work? Um, it was purely by accident, I'll be honest. And it was only a little while ago. So really, I started off as like a TV and events presenter. And then when COVID hit... Um, I was doing radio presenting and we suddenly, you know, got the news that we can't go into the studios anymore. We've got to socially distance. My partner's a builder and he said, hey, Laura, I watched something on YouTube. Shall I try and build you a sound booth in the corner of the bedroom? And I was like, well, yeah, because we need to make money somehow. You know, I don't know how to do my job socially distanced. It wasn't really possible. So he built me a booth. And I learned to do kind of all the technical stuff, a little bit of editing and producing. And I started sending my um, tracks in to basically just do radio presenting. And at the time I was with a community station called Vibe, which is local Mm -hmm. here to Watford in Hertfordshire. And I just started doing some things for their clients. Like their clients started saying to me, well, actually, 
we think you're quite good. Can you do the sponsor tag of the weather? Um, I was doing traffic and travel as well for um, loads of different stations. I think I was pretty much voice approved for every radio station in the UK, did you which is work for Inrix by any chance. I did. Ah, absolutely. Yeah. I used to work there. I wonder if we ever crossed paths, maybe. Oh, did you? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So Inrix is a great place because you meet lots of different people. So I'd been doing the traffic and travel for them. And then I started, you know, getting recommendations basically. People were saying, well, actually, we quite like you to try doing an advert. And I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's give this a go. So I kind of gave it a go and I got working with um, somebody from a company called Radio Jingles 24, which is basically, as it sounds, you're turning around Radio Jingles in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And I was like one of his first voiceover artists. And he literally would WhatsApp me the orders and they would come Mm -hmm. in thick and fast and they still are. And that was all the radio stuff. And then slowly but surely, my name was getting out there. Mm. I've never had a voiceover agent, but um worked with lots of different companies. Mood Media is one of them. Um, Hot Rocky Radio is another one. And I started getting these bigger clients uh, until I managed to get Real Madrid uh, Football Club interested. So I did a spot for them. Um, I think it was a couple of months ago now because I, I speak Spanish as well. So I do some... Uh, sort of things with my Spanish agent too so uh, yeah it's all over the world. Amazing congrats I feel like that's a huge achievement because I don't know if it's a myth but loads of people who I've spoken to who are presenters and then predominantly presenters they've often been a bit disheartened about voiceover because it feels like it's a saturated market because you've got all of those actors who you know maybe um, voiceover work is their bread and butter and they can do all the character voices the accents so a lot of people I've spoken to have said, oh, I've tried presenting, but I can't get, uh, sorry, I've tried voiceover work, but I can't get an agent. And I think it's because there's too many people on their books already. There's too many people doing it. So to hear a success story like yours, that's quite recent. It, you know, it's great. It's a real massive achievement. So congrats to have gone from Thank that you. to doing these many, this many roles, like in a few years is incredible. And also hats off to your husband, your partner, because <laughs> he's a keeper building you a yeah. studio. Legend. <laughs> Just like that. And I think actually coming back onto the agent thing, um, you know, when I first started out in this industry, I was very much told you need an agent, Laura. Now, I have had in all my 20 years, I think I've got one job through an agent. And I'm not trying to, you know, I, I get that agents work for some people, but for me, they never did. And actually, all it was about was representing myself mm-hmm. and kind of just going out there and getting on some really good sites as well that can get you some great um, work, um, you know, like yourselves and kind of looking out on social media and going by those hashtags, you know, of um, presenter jobs and voiceover jobs. And mm-hmm. also, don't be scared to diversify. I think mm-hmm. I was dead set that I was going to get into uh, music TV presenting Mm -hmm. and children's TV presenting. And for me, that never happened, you know, but I had friends that that happened for and they were kind of, you know, they came back to me a few years later and they went, well, Laura, the thing is, I want to do voiceovers. How do I do it? And I think it's just one of those things that you sort of, it sounds like a weird thing to say, but I sort of fell into it. I worked Mm -hmm. hard for it, but I was trying to do something else. I was trying to, you know, get my radio to take off. And actually all the radio clients were going, well, 
we actually really want you to do voiceovers. So mm. I kind of just listened to the feedback and what people wanted. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to stop fighting and I'm going to go for the thing that people say I should do. And yeah, and that's what I'm doing now every day. Amazing. I absolutely love it. I think that's such a brilliant success story. And I'm hoping everyone listening is feeling inspired by it. So well done. And I'm really curious to know. So I've done bits and bobs of voiceover stuff, but I haven't done it kind of as my my main income or, or you know, that regularly. What does the average day look like for you at the moment? You said you're really busy. You've got all of these Christmas ads coming up. So from when you wake up, if you've got a purely a voiceover day, what does that look like? Okay, purely a voiceover day would be, uh, first of all, I've got a toddler who's three, so it would involve getting him up, getting him out of bed. So I am a working mum at the same time. Um, my toddler does like to join in occasionally. So we set a <laughs> fake a fake little voiceover up for him so he can listen back to himself. Oh, and, then he, and then he goes off to school, so he goes to nursery. And um, I will then rush back here. And by that point, I might have sort of say, three, four orders, um, maybe something like that. Uh, and they tend to, the thing is with my voiceovers as well, I tend to get mostly all or nothing. So mm-hmm. it will literally be orders piling up that I can't keep up with or more of like a sedate, more of a quiet day. And I really, mm-hmm. I think it's like that with all freelancers. So I think you have to take the, the rough with the smooth. Um, and when I get in the booth, I tend to, so I've got my recording on, I tend to get through all the orders that I have there and then. And then I also have my audio books as well, which I'm recording in, you know, the in-between time. So you will probably see me or probably hear me doing like four or five um, random radio um, jingles, radio voices, radio adverts. um, And then I might get some e-learning thrown in there. That's sort of more rare and -hmm. the better paid stuff. Um, and then I might have some overseas stuff, which again is more rare. Um, but if you can get the spots with like the big, big names, um, like I think the uh, Kiss and Capital advert was one of the biggest ones I've done for mm-hmm. a brand called um, Twisper, which I think is a uh, social media, another social media platform. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get those bigger ones, they're the ones that will carry you through. But then also your radio jingles, your lesser paid ones are the ones you want to keep doing and you want to keep on top of it and you want to send those back ASAP because that's what puts you above the other voiceover artists Mm -hmm. as well. So it's not just the quality of your work, um, you know, all of your stuff, your equipment, you're recording on your voice in itself. um, You know, it's also to do with your kind of attitude to it. And like for me, I I never take a day off. Ever. I mean, it's good and it's bad. (laughs) But I guess the beauty of it is that you can work around your schedule with this, although you want to probably be the first to. So is it like a pitching system where you record the audition and then it's sort of how many applications they get? To be honest, I haven't auditioned for a while now. So I'm quite lucky in that I will just get the orders sent in. Um, Occasionally I go onto different websites that I'm registered with and I will do an audition. I used to do a lot more auditions before mm-hmm. I had the the regular clients, but now I'll say I'll do like maybe two auditions a month, just recording mm-hmm. remotely. I don't do anything um, amazing. And I tend to find just uh, my repeat clients kind of keep me going. Um, so that's quite cool. And I tend to, once I've got a foot in the door with someone, like um, there's a brand that I work with called Degrushi, which is a big department store in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like our version of John Lewis. So 
I now just do all of their ads. So I do all their in-store, I do all their radio ads. So you tend to find once they pick you, once they like you, and everyone wants stuff back yesterday, you know, so they want you to work fast. So if they find they can rely on you and they like you, they're just going to keep using you. So I would, you know, and I, I feel like I don't, I feel like I'm quite lazy nowadays that I don't really chase after anything. It's like, I just get those orders coming in, which is really nice, actually. That's a lovely position to be in. And we spoke about this on one of the previous podcast episodes about how your attitude, conduct, you know, the way you interact with people that hire you, it's so important because these repeat bookings can be so valuable in terms of not having to always chase work. And what a nice position to be in when you finally get to the point where work comes to you and you're not kind of having to line up and queue for it and audition and, you know, so the fact that you've made that kind of transition so fast is really impressive. Um, but I looked on your social media and I saw that you're also doing presenting bits and bobs as well. Um, you're doing TikTok live streams, which is something that is blowing up now. Like we get loads of TikTok jobs posted on the platform on Presently. Um, how do you find that? Yeah, I mean, it's a different transition. I used to do um, TV stuff, you know, including uh, shopping TV, working for quite a big brands and it's a bit different from working for TV for example the compliance is totally different TikTok is more of a free platform so it's kind of gone from um you know shopping TV which is more like going to Oxford Street and going into a boutique and taking your time with somebody and showing them one product to TikTok where you've got 50 products you're like on a market stall and your prices are getting cheaper and cheaper and it's getting more and more manic so um, it's definitely different skills that you bring into place with your presenting. Um, and it's more about people buying from people. So I just think as long as you've got the personality that you can engage with people, I think I think TikTok's great. And I think, you know, it's a great place to start. If you're looking, uh, you know, I think there's more jobs going on TikTok. I think there's more jobs going for live script. Spri- um, can't speak streaming so if people can get a foot in the door that way I think it's still really really valuable to do that and to get kind of the experience that way and then move on to whatever you want to go to yeah that's really impressive and um they actually when I see these TikTok live streams I'm always very impressed with the talent you know you're, you you do quite long streams it's not like I guess on TV you might do like a hit and then or like a one hour show, like some of these can go on for a really long time. And I guess it's the feeling of being quite exposed as well. So how do you find like those moments of, do you have any awkward silences or moments where you think, oh God, what am I going to do next? Do you have to kind of know the products really well? Yeah. I mean, that's a massive thing. I've always had one of those um, brains where I just want someone to talk at me. So this is what I said to my boss, like the first time I met her, there was loads of presenters up for the job. And, um, I just said to her, and I think the thing is, a lot of people go in to these interviews and they kind of go, oh, I've got to impress the boss, first of all. And I go for a completely different tack. I'm like, right, talk to me like I know nothing. Literally mm-hmm. tell, empty your brain out onto the table so I can literally take all the information that's in your brain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because that's how I work, like elaborative learning. I'll take all that information and then I'll regurgitate it. And that's exactly what I did with my boss now. She literally told me everything right from the start of her journey, Mm -hmm. all about her products. And I lived and breathed and I still do the products. And as long as you can be genuinely passionate about them, I think that you're going to sell them no problem. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. And I think it's the same in all areas of presenting, knowing the story or knowing the topic that you're talking about. And it's all about sort of doing your research. Because I guess the more you know, the more if you're in that position, you can just keep chatting and it's no problem. You're just, yeah. It's, and you're passionate. Again, if you're passionate about it, it doesn't feel like a struggle. You could be telling your friend or, and I guess that's a, a good approach to take. And I'm interested because you you have presented for a long time. How has the industry changed in your opinion? Like how have you seen things change? Oh my goodness. There's so much change. I think in every single area, like a lot of, um, I think a lot of, a lot of the funding, a lot of the money seems to have disappeared from a lot of stuff. I mean, it's very sad what's happened to radio, massively sad. I mean, you know yourself. Um, so a lot of the stations closing down, you know, I was training up with one of the big stations um, and I was there on the day when they basically sacked all the regional presenters and started networking everything, which was... I was one of them down in Were Southampton you? for Capital oh. FM, yeah. I used to do the breakfast show and then we all got... Oh, um, no. The Roman Kemp show got, you know, taken over. But that's that's yeah. fine. I mean, it is a shame. It is a shame, but it just led, led to other things. But yes, I agree yeah. that is a real shame. It was. It was just so sad, you know. So it's it's so many industries that have been affected and... You know, TV in the 80s, I used to hear some great stories actually from some of the guys at Inrix where they'd say, oh, in the 80s, you know, you just could be Bob off the street that's walked in and you get to go up in Black Thunder in the helicopter and you get paid, you know, a grand for the day for doing that and getting flown upside down doing loot the loops. And of course, now there's not as much funding. And I think other countries... Um, for example, Dubai, that's why a lot of people are moving over there because there's more opportunity, there's more money pumped into it. Mm. Um, and I think also a lot of people now, because we are kind of in, uh, you know, we are, we take for granted, but in the UK, we are in a very good position in general to kind of have a great education and go for what we want. Mm-hmm. And although that's great and very liberating, at the same time, you end up with a lot of people who actually want to work in the creative industry now and I just think there's not enough jobs Mm. um especially and they're vanishing in in tv and radio as we were saying but that's not to say I don't think there will be more jobs and I think for sure um the way the industry is going I think social media is the place to put yourself and Mm. to make yourself open to um if you do want to um get up there and start doing presenting it basically presenting is not what it used to look like it is not um you know training for 10 years and having that one person present every single show on that particular big channel it's now lots I think it's going to become lots and lots of jobs and lots of people being like um, triple threats basically so that they can do everything um and I think there will be more opportunity in the future. And I think even though the industry has been crushed and squeezed for money, I think it's about time that it started flourishing again. And I think also, um, you know, we might see the return of some investors. Um, we might see some new stuff happening with different platforms on TV, like the mm-hmm. iPlayer systems and stuff. So I am very hopeful and remaining positive and optimistic that we will see, you know, this fresh talent coming through and I'm all for it I love watching you know the new presenters like Big Brother the guys on there at the moment are fabulous love those guys yeah absolutely it does feel like in the industry there's been the same faces holding on to all the best jobs so it's been nice to see some as you say fresh talent coming through slowly but on some shows still they have the same 
some networks, they have the same sort of 10 people who rotate around. So let's hope that changes. And I, I agree, social media is amazing. And really, you know, you can jump on TikTok and start telling the yeah. world, presenting things, interesting content. So there yeah. are opportunities now that were never there before. Um, so in a way, it's exciting. It's just yeah. different to what it used to be. So it's really interesting yeah. to get your take on that. I know you have to go because you have to pick your little one up from nursery, I'm guessing. I know. Time. I know. And he's probably going to want to come on here and say, mommy, why couldn't I come to work with you? That's what he asks me every day because he loves it. <laughs> Bless him. Well, I hope that one day we'll see him on the big screen as well. Um, so do I. <laughs> thank you so much, Laura. It was so good to speak to you. And I love oh, hearing you. about your daily life and congrats on all of your career success, especially over the last few years. It's oh, great. thank you so much. You've been absolutely fantastic. It's been lovely to chat to you as well. Thank you. 